This podcast is sponsored by Kapili's Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and YPO. Thanks for joining us right here on This Is Now. Yeah, an arrest has been made in the murder investigation into a deadly stabbing near Ala Moana. A 41-year-old man has been arrested for murder in the second degree and three attempted murder charges. Surveillance video shows the suspect in the black hat. He's accused of killing a 28-year-old man and stabbing two others after those three people reportedly attacked him at an after-hours club on Makaloa Street. HPD says officers arrested the suspect in Halava at around 8.15 last night. Loved ones and friends of a 39-year-old man who was shot and killed following a dispute in Makaha on Saturday are asking the community for help. Family members have identified the victim as Cranston Pia. He's being remembered as a man of deep faith, according to a GoFundMe page. Police have charged a 17-year-old boy with murder. His name is not being released because he's a minor. Investigators say the teen was with a group hunting on private property at Ohiki Lolo Ranch on Saturday when Pia confronted them about their dogs attacking his cattle. That's when police say the teen fatally shot him. The case will go to family court. In news across the nation, the body of an 11-year-old girl who went missing in Texas last week has been found. Now, there is a suspect in custody, but still there are many questions surrounding what exactly happened. CNN's Rosa Flores has the details. I sadly announced that Audrey's body was located at the Trinity River on the U.S. Highway 59. Six days of searching, praying, hoping, ends with a grim discovery. Authorities say cell phone analysis as well as video and social media helped them to pinpoint her location. The spot was also one of several given to authorities by Don Stephen McDougall. Based on all of the evidence that law enforcement has collected, they are in the process of preparing the appropriate arrest warrants for Don Stephen McDougall. At this time, we believe the appropriate arrest warrant is going to be for capital murder in the death of Audrey Cunningham. He is currently still in jail under an unrelated felony charge. Audrey was last seen in this Livingston, Texas neighborhood about 70 miles northeast of Houston at about 7 a.m. Thursday, state police say. But she never got on the bus and never made it to school that day. McDougal lives on the Cunningham family's property. The Polk County Sheriff says they believe McDougal was the last person to see her and says he admits to leaving the house with her Thursday morning around 7 a.m. And they would have made it to the bus stop, which is relatively just a little under a mile in the same community, um, real close. Did anyone see her at that stop, bus no. stop? No other witnesses saw her at the bus stop. Sheriff Lyons says when Audrey was reported missing and the community started searching, McDougal joined in, appearing to help. He, and he's, he was helping in her search. What does and, that tell you? Well, I mean, it, to me, it simply tells me is that he's trying to 
uh, give the appearances that he has no play or he's not at fault in her disappearance and that I am part of the, the concerned party parties who are trying to locate her. Do you believe um, that? No. No, I don't. Sheriff Lyons took CNN to the area where authorities recovered a key clue in Audrey's disappearance. He says authorities located the girl's bright red Hello Kitty backpack near this dam Friday. Just a little west of us here. Was it in the, the water? No, it was along the riverbank. There was enough in it to lead us to believe strongly that it is Audrey's backpack. That it was hers. What about signs of struggle or blood or any other DNA? No, ma'am. There was no signs of struggle there. 11-year-old Audrey has touched the hearts of many, including law enforcement in this community. Have you cried over this? <laughs> several nights, several days. Yeah. So uh, I have kids of my own. I feel that pain that they're feeling. A 29-year-old woman died early Saturday morning after falling off a cliff on Hawaii Island and being swept out to sea. But her boyfriend says first responders just watched as she floated away and didn't do enough to help. Dylan Gap says he was with Kala'i Reyes when she fell into the water near Hawaiian Paradise Park. Hawaii County Police say they responded along with firefighters within seven minutes of the 911 call at around 2 a.m. Police say it was too dark and dangerous for them to go into the water, especially with a large north swell running. I had to get a raft to her. They didn't have a flotation device. I got the raft out to her and then I looked around and I said, OK, let's get a rope to her so she doesn't drift away. And they went, oh, we don't have any rope. I said, can you get some rope? They said, uh. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll make a call. They never made a call. To sit there and watch this girl for 45 minutes to an hour suffer and scream for help and to see him sit there and do absolutely nothing and just say, oh, boat's coming eventually. We requested services from the fire department for a rescue boat. Um, we attempted to call for a Hawaii fire department helicopter to see if they could assist um, and also called the Coast Guard. HFD tells us it was too windy to fly its helicopter that night. The rescue boat had to come from Hilo, which is about 15 miles up the coast, and it arrived at around 4 a.m. A helicopter eventually arrived and found Reyes's body miles down the coast. Yesterday, right here on This Is Now, we broke the news of the passing of Emmy Tamembang. She was a beloved figure in the Hawaii media landscape, and we've spoken to those who knew her, who say they will miss her most for her genuine and enthusiastic spirit. Aloha, I'm Emmy Tamembang. Before Hawaii tuned into Emmy's Island Moments, the woman behind it all got her start in local media many years earlier as a teenager. Emmeline Tamembang, known by many as Emmy, was raised in the Kalihi Palama area and got her start at the local radio station KNDI, hosting her own show. At the time, it was groundbreaking for a young Filipino woman to have her own radio show, and she continued to blaze past barriers, moving on to television screens at local news stations. Her pioneering work inspired other local journalists like former co-worker Nestor Garcia to take on a career in reporting. And then you see Emmy, who looked like me, um, Filipino. I said, okay, um, there's not too many of us in the business. And so um, with Emmy leading the way, uh, I was glad that uh, she was the role model that we all needed. We're about 10 miles from Mount Pinatubo, and this is the closest we'll get to the volcano. From hard news to features, she's praised for her ability to connect with people. Her first introduction to Barack Obama, she basically said, you don't know who I am. And he grabbed her hand and says, Emmy, 
I grew up with you. That smile of hers could land any interview she wanted. But it was not just the smile that got people to sit down with her, but also her ability to rapport with her interview subjects and, and get them to share something about themselves that they would not have shared with perhaps anybody else. The Farrington alumna eventually married James Burns, the late chief judge of the Hawaii Intermediate Court of Appeals. Together, they gave back to the community, establishing and overseeing endowments and scholarships at UH's John A. Burns School of Medicine. Emmy was incredibly infectious with her enthusiasm, her ideas, but she's also very intellectually curious. How did things work? What motivated people? Why did people do what they did? And this was right after my husband died. So this she revealed in later years that while being a caregiver to her husband during his cancer treatment, she also survived a brain aneurysm, going on to inspire others with her story of perseverance and love. I think her, her legacy is that of a grounded celebrity who could touch people in ways that help them be better than they were. Well, we miss you. We miss you, Emmy. But you're with us, and we'll always, we'll always carry you with us. In the latest episode of Spotlight Now, the city and state's homeless coordinators say they're working together to open more Kauhale villages. Swoops can be effective if the end game is to get the homeless, say I'm a homeless person, uh, caught in a sweep. If you get me the services I need and get a roof over my head and I stay there and start to avail of those services and get myself better and start to get self-sufficient again, it's a success. Um, if you sweep me and after five days I'm back where I'm at, at a park or the hillside of a park uh, or under a bridge, did the sweep really matter? Not really. And again, this is something that Sam and I have talked a lot about. We think that if we do this effectively, but collaborate and get the end result being that the person or the people that are swept get a place to stay, it could work. The next thing is, do we have the available beds? And that's what Sam and I are working on. Not only Kauhale, but maybe uh, shelter-style tents. You know, so Ex explain a little bit more about that shelter-style tents. What would that look like? It would it would probably be like um, after disaster, we have tents. And if we were to sweep and truly start to get a roof over someone's head, um, that might be a great place for a triage center, and eventually get them into a Kauhale or another place. But we need at least a temporary place. If we don't have enough beds. We're sweeping them, but we don't have an end result. The sweeps are made for sanitation reasons because they are there for a, a long time and there needs to be some sanita sanitization of our sidewalks and as well as be able to meet the ADA rules for our, our kupuna who, you know, they're, they're on wheelchairs. Um, but you need to, in, when, in order to do uh, those cleanups, you need to have service providers. You need to have service providers there to, to help them engage with uh, um, our, our homeless because this can, this can be happening 10, 20, 30 times, but eventually one of those homeless uh, persons will say, help me, I need help. And, and that's, that's what we're looking for. You can watch their entire conversation on our website, hawaiinewsnow.com. Well, the final day of the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach Surf Contest is underway, and that's where we find our Casey Lund. 
Aloha from Sunset Beach. We had some, some blessings, some <laughs> rain here just a little bit ago, but really light. Uh, other than that, it's beautiful up here. And we want to bring Marty Thomas on with us. Marty, uh, good news. We've got uh, a contest this morning, right? What were we waiting on and looking for this morning? Well, we were looking at the conditions this morning, Casey. And uh, like you said, finals day here at the Hurley Sunset Pro is on. We just started the heat, first heat of the quarterfinals. The women's are out in the water. We'll go women's quarterfinals, men's quarterfinals, into the semifinals for both, and then the finals should happen this afternoon around between 3 and 4 p.m. They got some smaller surf on hand, but still very contestable, really good conditions. Surf in the six to eight foot range. It's gonna be a great day for finals day. We're really excited to be here at Sunset Beach. And taking just one step back just to yesterday when we saw uh, some of the best women in the world out here at Sunset Beach, uh, we had some really good conditions, uh, four to six foot heights. Uh, tell us a little bit about how the women did yesterday. Uh, the women had a great day. It was their day to shine here at Sunset. We had some really good surf, some excellent scores. Um, it was a day for them to uh, really showcase their abilities here at Sunset Beach. Um, and then today we've got the men's and women's finishing up. Uh, the surf again is a little smaller, but still very, very good quality here at Sunset. It's a really good direction out of the northwest. We got some light offshore winds, a little bit of showers, but things uh, should brighten up throughout the day. You know, I, I know that you, you and Guy are, are buddies, and, and uh, for folks that live and operate in the surf world, uh, this is kind of every day. But for somebody that uh, isn't familiar with it, what's it like, kind of? Uh, when you have, I mean, I'm up here, we're up here in the athletes zone, the yeah. VIP area. You have all these people running around, milling around, getting ready to get their camera shots up. It could uh, be completely called off at a moment's notice. What's that like as a contest director, uh, having that weight on your shoulders? And uh, But I'm sure it's also exciting. Isn't yeah, it, it is exciting being behind the scenes. It's a little nerve-wracking at times yeah. because you want every competitor to have a fair shake and, you know, equal opportunity here in the surf. We've got about 12 days to pick the best four. So we're looking at the conditions, we're looking at the forecast. Obviously with only two days left in the waiting period, today's looking better than tomorrow. So it's a pretty easy call to run today. Um, as a fan, you can be right here. You can put your, your feet at the water's edge. The surfers are literally walking down the beach. Unlike other events where fans are sort of fenced off you know, from the athletes here at the beach, you can get close up, uh, not too close, yeah. obviously, while they're preparing to compete. But afterwards, uh, the athletes are very gracious. They'll sign autographs. They'll take photos. Um, but from a spectator's point, uh, standpoint, you can get really close to the action. Uh, Marty Thomas with us, uh, the man with the plan, a contest director here for the Hurley Pro. Great news that it's underway. If you want to come up to the North Shore and enjoy this world-class surfing event, a reminder uh, to pack some patience. Remember, parking is going to be an issue. And if you're driving here along the North Shore and Kamehameha Highway, uh, just go slow and give those pedestrians, all that foot traffic, a little room and be safe. We'll send things back into the studio for now. Thank you so much, Casey. We want to welcome back now to the H&N Digital Center, Sergeant Chris Kim of Honolulu Crime Stoppers. Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, once again, this is a weekly segment, a crime roundup. Chris, you have more cases to highlight today. Tell yeah, us about it. We need the public's help in, uh, with these cases. The first one is the unauthorized entry of the motor vehicle that happens on Aya Heights Drive. On Sunday, January 21st at about 12.55 a.m., uh, this male uh, entered a carport on Aya Heights Drive. As you can see, the car owner left the door unlocked. Uh, he basically snoops around, uh, pokes his head in, uh, sticks his arm in. Um, and the reason why we're showing this, we actually want to show people that even though your car is in a garage or in a carport, mm -hmm. you should always lock it because we have people like this that are actually breaking into vehicles. Uh, What's that tool he has in his hand? Or That right there is actually a flashlight. Oh, okay. um, so he's kind of sticking Got his it. hand in the flashlight. 
They left the window open. He's kind of lighting up to see if there's anything valuable to take. Thankfully, this person, although they didn't lock the vehicle or roll the windows up, there wasn't nothing uh, of value inside. Uh, so he simply moved on to this next vehicle on uh, H Drive. And this happened just about 1.05 a.m. So shortly after, uh, he finds this vehicle, enters uh, the garage, and then you're going to see he actually pulls on the door handle. First, he you know, lights it up. He's going to walk around, and you'll see that the door is actually unlocked. He's got his accomplice there with him, usually acting as a lookout. And all he does is simply pull on the door handle, and he gets in, and he makes off with the complainant's property. So once again, we use this as a learning tool. Um, first, I mean, we like to solve this case if you know anything about it, um, but also kind of remind the public just, once again, even if it's in your garage, always lock and secure your doors and don't leave anything of value visible. Yeah, and real quick on this one, this is practically a sitting duck, very easy crime for these criminals, aside from locking your doors and making sure your valuables are in the house. Is there anything else people can do to protect themselves from quick robberies like this? Well, this person did the right thing by setting up actually a video surveillance system within the garage. Um, we'd also, he probably, he or she probably could have done a better job, at, you know, as far as uh, illumination, mm -hmm. uh, using a, a motion activated floodlight. Uh, that would definitely help with the clarity of the video. Uh, Which is what we saw in this exactly, first case. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So in this case, the person did the right thing, does have video, does have lighting, but did not roll up the windows or lock and secure the vehicle. And we have one more case to share. Yeah, so as far as this third case, uh, it's a robbery in a second degree. Uh, on Thursday, February 8, 2024, at about 12, 24 a.m., uh, these two unknown males basically entered uh, this person in the victim's tent then made uh, demands for the property. Uh, it was a slight physical struggle. Um, it's been classified as a robbery in second degree, meaning that there was a threat of force or some physical force was used uh, then, then left with his property. Both suspects are being described as unknown Micronesian males in their early 20s. Um, everything we talked about today can be seen on the www.hunlopd.org website, bottom left-hand corner, under wanted persons, as, as well as a bunch of other cases that we need help in solving. Thank you so much for that, Chris. Uh, if you can remind the public, what is the best way to submit their tips to you folks? Well, you can call the hotline at 808-955-8300 or via the website at www.honolulucrimestoppers.org. Or we also have this wonderful app called the P3 Tips app available on the smartphone or tablet. All three ways they will remain 100% anonymous and they'll be eligible for up to $1,000. Uh, applications on the phone. It's as easy as that, folks. And before we let you go, Chris, I also want to ask you about your upcoming fundraiser. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we're actually having our upcoming uh, Crime Stoppers Dinner Gala with the public. You know, most times people don't know that we're actually a separate nonprofit organization. Well, we're not funded through the police department, the city or state. You know, we strictly operate based off of these events uh, as well as donations from the public. We do have um, this upcoming dinner on Thursday, March 28th, the day before Good Friday. They'll be over at the Kahala Hotel at 6 p.m. Uh, this year we'll be honoring the late retired HPD Chief Lee Donahue. So certainly um, a very uh, worthy event for people to come and just support the program, but also to help us honor Chief Donahue. And we also see some of your volunteers here in this uh, picture. Such an amazing team you work yeah, with. Yeah, we have a wonderful group of volunteers. You know, these are the ones that man our hotlines and come in on a day in and day out. Um, so, yeah, once again, you know, very proud of our program, and we just want the public to, to help support us uh, yeah. by... Uh, attending this wonderful dinner for all for a great cause. Awesome. March 28th at the Kahala Hotel and Resort. Chris, thank you so much thank you. for thank joining you. us here on This Is Now. Let's send things live outside right now. This is the Big Apple, New York City. Stay with us. We're going to have more news and weather coming up right after this quick break.
How's it on this Wednesday? The beautiful trade wind weather will continue uh, at least through tomorrow. Then on Friday, that front will develop and get a little bit closer. It's going to bring up some stronger winds as well as a few more showers over the weekend. Now this morning, we do have a smattering of showers riding in on the trade winds, mainly favoring a windward sides, but it's not representing a lot of rain and most leeward sides are still very, very dry. Winds are slow in waking up. They'll run at moderate speeds today at about 10 to 20 coming out of the east northeast mostly because of that humidity levels will be at uh, moderate levels not too high not too low going to be very very comfortable today so enjoy your Wednesday it's going to be very nice lots of afternoon sunshine will drive temperatures to around 80 degrees maybe a little bit warmer for some leeward spots and as far as the surf heads up we've got another boost coming in below advisory levels but still going to be sizable today 8 to 12 feet in the country 5 to 7 on the west side and with those trade winds running steady conditions should be pretty good for those people that can handle that size waves. That's pretty good size. Now the weather's going to be pretty nice. At least through Thursday, the weather's not going to change very much. Uh, starting on Friday, a cold front moves in. We'll see a few more scattered showers over the weekend with those stronger trade winds, and those winds will hold firm into next week. In today's story from the feeds, the quick thinking of an Alabama teenager saved the life of an elderly woman at railroad tracks. Matthew King has her story. I, I didn't know I was going to get that feeling to pick her up. I didn't know any of that. I didn't even know I would be coming this way. For 18-year-old Lily Baker, it's a divine coincidence she was at a set of train tracks on Austin Witt Road the same time as an elderly woman who was walking across the tracks because she couldn't get around any other way. I'd already watched three or four people pass this lady by and she would stop for them to go by. They wouldn't even think about her. Instead, Baker stopped her car to see if she needed help. I was just trying to help her in general and then suddenly. She heard what she feared the most. We gotta hurry up. I'm not worried about your wheelchair. We gotta hurry up. She just kept telling me, I can't walk, I can't walk, like it's hurting. I was like, it don't matter. I know it's hurting, I'm sorry, but we can, I gotta help you. We can't do this. Pulling with all her might, Baker was able to get both out of the deadly reach of the train, but not without the elderly woman breaking both of her ankles. Me and her both lost our shoes and I was just yelling, somebody called the ambulance. There was people watching and I was just, somebody called the ambulance. I couldn't get to my phone. I, I really wasn't expecting it at all. Now one wheel sits as an ominous reminder of what could have happened. Baker's heroics caught the attention of Ardmore Police Chief Jeremy Robison. If it wasn't for her today, then there would be somebody that wouldn't be alive right now. He says everyone can learn a lesson about kindness and bravery from this moment. We're not the only ones out there that can do something. Anybody can. And also, to be such a young, uh, young lady, it shows you that bravery and courage can come in all sizes and shapes. Bravery and courage indeed. Now the Limestone County Commission honored Lily on Tuesday with a proclamation for her heroic actions. That's great. Yeah. All right, one final story, you guys. Uber Eats is launching robot deliveries in Japan. So the company announced a partnership between robotics firm Cart Ken and Japanese industrial titan Mitsubishi Electric to launch autonomous sidewalk robots. So they will start delivering orders in parts of Tokyo beginning next month. The robots are designed to avoid obstacles, move at roughly the same speed as a walking adult, yield to pedestrians and stop at traffic lights. So the development will make Japan the first international market to have autonomous delivery available on Uber Eats. Okoi desne. <laughs> <laughs>
so cool. <laughs> Japan, they just have all the cool stuff. Seriously. It's the best place to test it, too, because I can see in other parts of the world, like, people Vandalism. stealing the food, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Go, go Japan. Go Japan. <laughs> Let's end today with a live look out at Hilo Bay. Small, kind, cloudy, but eh, not too bad. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. We hope you have a great, great rest of your Wednesday afternoon. Aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and Waipio.